0: And uh, for some reason, the song came into my head, um, People Get Ready, There's a Change A Coming. And I thought, I need to look that song up. Well, I did, and that's really not the words to the song. (laughs) (laughs) It's People Get Ready, There's a Train A Coming. (laughs) You don't need no baggage, you just get on board. (laughs) And I said, Well, too bad.
1: I'm the, gonna the I
0: I this is the remix I'm gonna leave I yeah I was thank you I'm, I'm glad you caught that um, but they didn't put in the uh, they did not put in the the bulletin or whatever that it was John 14 15 and 16 so I was grateful for um, Frank's sermon this morning and uh, had no idea that he'd be preaching on John 13 at uh, the same time we started the class so that was kind of providential um, but let me let me open up with a word of prayer and um, we'll move forward. Um, Father, thank you for this day. Uh, we are so grateful um, for the privilege and the uh, opportunity that it does afford us to come and worship. And um, we thank you uh, for your loving kindness and your faithfulness. Uh, we need you, um, Holy Spirit, to be present. To do your work, uh, to lead and to guide into truth, and um, I pray that these words would be indeed would be truth, and we ask it in Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. Let me ask a question: the prospect of change or the reality of change. What effect does that have upon you? I I really would like you to interact. I know it's probably not per the manual of Sunday school that you open up with a question, Um, but um, the prospect of change or the reality of change—what effect does it have? Fear. Good fear. I mean, can you elaborate on that? What? What? Why fear? We just like the known. Huh?
1: We like the known. Yeah. Yeah. Even if. Even if. Well, I guess it depends on what sort of change you're talking
0: about. Right. That's kind of yeah, fear. Absolutely. Absolutely. I do think it's what kind of, you know, if the situation is not pleasant for you mm-hmm. currently. You're like, oh my goodness. Yeah. Oh. But most of the time you are sort of, the
1: better, the better we've done it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There can be some excitement as well.
0: Oh, absolutely. Can you see the difference in our personality? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The glass is half empty and yeah. the glass is <laughs> half empty. Yeah. No, I, I, I'm there. Yeah, it can be. I mean, yeah, seriously, a change can can be something that you look forward to. Um, what else? Anybody other? Any other thoughts? I would say, for me, uh, more so the last four or five years, change is inevitable. Mm-hmm. I mean, it may not particularly want it or like it, but it is inevitable. Yeah. Okay. Personally and professionally. Yeah. In all aspects of life. You know, children, family, kids grow up, different seasons of life. Absolutely. Change is inevitable. Career, Mm -hmm. you know, all those things. Yeah. Okay. Anybody else? Okay. Um. Well, if you you look up the definition of change, you know, some of these smaller words we never pay much attention to in terms of what they mean, you know, but uh, change is to make the form, nature, content, future course of something different from what it is or from what it would be if left alone. Change is to transform, convert, to become different or to be distinctly different from what it was. That's just a definition of change. To make the form, nature, content, future course of something different from what it is or from it would be if left alone. Well, what does that have to do with John fourteen, fifteen and sixteen? If you, if you look at the context of, of these chapters, and as Frank alluded to briefly in his sermon, Jesus he talked about my hour's not come, my hour's not come, my hours not come. And in John 13, he says, My hour has come. And Jesus knew that the time had come for him to leave this world and to go to the Father. And uh, and in John 17, which is obviously the bookend of 14, 15, and 16, when Jesus prays, he's asking God that he would be restored to the glory that he had when he was with the Father in heaven before he came to earth. So... The context of these chapters is all about change because Jesus is getting ready to leave this earth. And um, he says very, very clearly to his disciples in John 16, I came from the Father and entered the world and now I'm leaving the world And going back to the Father. What kind of impact did it have on the eleven at this point? Any idea? The fact that Jesus had announced to these eleven men, I'm getting ready to leave. And they're facing the prospect now and the reality that life as they have known it for the last three years. Is getting ready to change um, they have left everything they've followed Jesus and now he says I'm leaving y'all and as they say in the south they had to come apart <laughs> they had to come apart let's look at a if you, ha- if you need a Bible you can grab one they're over there if not it's fine I'm just going to you know. thank you I'm sorry I didn't say that earlier but if you want to follow through some things in 14, 15, 16, you're welcome to. But just quickly, um, if, you, if you turn to John 14, um, I just want to look at some of the things that, that, that this gospel, that, the, that John spells out, that, that how these men were affected. Um, obviously, in John 14:1, he says, um, do not let your hearts be troubled. They were troubled. They were agitated. They were stirred up. This announcement of his, his time to leave, has troubled them. Um, I'm taking a little liberty here in verse five of fourteen. Thomas says, "Lord, we don't know where you're going." There's this sense of lostness you know, uh, just and and confusion. In verse eight, Philip said, "Lord, show us the Father, and that'll be enough." And and you know, uh, so there's 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 confusion. And as you mentioned, um, Andy, in verse 27, you see that they they are afraid. Um, Am I right? Verse 27, 14. Um, Peace I leave you, my peace I give you, I do not give. Is that right? Yeah. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Um, So they're they're fearful of this change that's coming. Uh, you, You go to John 16. Verse six: Because I have said these things, you are filled with grief. So there's sorrow, there's grief. Um, Again, there's a confusion in verse eighteen. They kept asking, "What does what does he mean by a little while?" We don't understand what he is saying. Um, Verse twenty: There's weeping, there's mourning, there's grieving. Uh, verse 21, he, he likens it to the, the birth of a child and uh, he uses the word anguish uh, in relationship to, to uh, the baby being born. She forgets her anguish. Uh, so there's distress, uh, there's pain. And finally in verse 32 of 16, he says, But a time is coming and has come when you will be scattered each to his own home and you will leave me alone there's this sense that we'll just withdraw sometimes because of change Um, and so those were all the things that uh, unfortunately Bart they weren't real happy (laughs) about the potential change that was about to to come upon them Um, but as I've looked at and read and and spent time in in these chapters um, What impresses me and has been impressed upon me is that this is a very intimate look into Jesus' relationship with these men and he speaks comfort to them um, as they they feel overwhelmed and overcome um, and bewildered uh, by this Announcement of change that he's leaving them, and um, and I think they're they're overwhelmed maybe with with how are we going to move into life now if he's not with us, and are they disappointed because they thought he was the Messiah? You know that could have been part of it, and he was going to establish his kingdom here on earth. There's just you know the the author doesn't really tell us, but but it's very clear that they're troubled, and, uh, and they're not sure about life in this world without the physical presence of Jesus being with them. Um, and so there, there, there's a, a troubling aspect. Um, and so these words of comfort and, and consolation that Jesus uh, brings to them I think is also comfort and consolation to us as we, we, we live and move uh, in this world in the midst of all the changes that life can bring upon us. And, and, the, and the, the two words that just jumped off the page, uh, not off the page, but the two words that just came to my mind one day I was riding down the road thinking about this, and it was as if he just, he cares. He cares. Um, And I, and I want to chase a rabbit for a minute if I can if you if you'll flip to the book of um, of exodus uh, if you will I think I want to establish this case of the fact that that God cares Exodus chapter um, three um, this is the uh, the story of the burning bush Moses and the burning bush and um, the Israelites are in Egypt they're in bondage they're in slavery and um, they have um, cried out to God if you look at the end of chapter 2 verse 25 uh, let me start from reading up above it a little bit during the long period the king of Egypt died the Israelites groaned in their slavery and cried out and they cried for help because of their slavery went up to God and God heard their groaning and he remembered his covenant with Abraham with Isaac and with Jacob and so God looked on the Israelites and was concerned about them uh, in other words he, he knew he knew uh, and had regard for their condition and um and i think it's interesting that he's that he speaks this in the context of his covenant he remembered his covenant and he said i know the condition of my people and i have regard for them and so then you go on to the story of 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 the burning the burning bush and you have moses out with his sheep and he sees the bush on fire and he approaches and in verse 5 of chapter 3 we'll start there God says, do not come any closer. God said, take off your sandals for the place where you are standing is holy ground. And then he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And at this Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. And the Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I've heard them crying out because of their slave drivers. And I am concerned about their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land and into a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey. And so here we have God who sees our condition. He hears our cries. His sight and his hearing moves his heart, and he comes down. Scripture says that he comes down uh, to deliver his people Um, and so he has paid attention he does know the condition in which we are in Uh, he has attended to his people and he has visited um, his people and so he comes down and and he delivers them um, and the reason I share that with you is Paul in Romans 15.4 says everything that was written in the past was written to teach us so that through endurance and the encouragement of the scriptures we can have hope. And um, and so the Old Testament and everything that was written in the past is a tremendous resource for us in terms of our Christian walk and life. And um, I would encourage you if you don't read it, to read it regularly and, and find, and find the gospel. And find Jesus in the Old Testament, you know, um, where God says to Moses, you know, I am concerned, and so I have come down, because we know that Christ came down, God came and visited us, in the flesh, and um, dwelt among us for a while Um, so what does that have to do back to John what does that have to do with John 14 15 and 16 Um, Jesus begins to address this idea of change with his disciples by starting at the end and working his way back if you know what I mean. okay? He says in 14.1, Do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust or believe in God. Trust also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms, and if it were not so, I would have told you. And I'm going there to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. And you know the way, to the place where I am going. And so he begins by saying, don't let your hearts be troubled, but believe in God. Believe in the God who says, I am concerned. Believe in the God who says, I care, and so I've come down. Believe also in me that I'm the one that came down. Uh, but But when the time had fully come, says Paul in Galatians, god sent his son born of a woman born of a woman to redeem those under the law and to make them sons Um, you know jesus came down to do the will of the father he said it very clearly and he a body you've prepared for me and i delight to do your will and because he delighted to do his will god said this is my son with whom i'm well pleased And God's will, as we find in, in, in Isaiah 53, was to crush him. But he was willing to come to be crushed and to die that he might bring us to the Father. Um, and so uh, the beauty of his coming and the, and the grace of his coming is that he, he, he draws us into a relationship with himself, that we might know him. And so in the midst of, of, of change and the anguish that change may bring, um, we have a God who says to us, I care, and you can know me, and you can know that I'm the God who is sovereign over all the circumstances of your life and the changes that are occurring in your life, that I am in control of those circumstances, Then I am um, accomplishing m- my good in your life for my glory. Um So let me um, let me take a break there. Any thoughts, comments, questions? Anything? Anybody?
1: Well, I mean, I couldn't help thinking about. Um, when you were talking about the you know, that Jesus. I mean, that God came. You know, came down. And he heard the cry of his people, and he mm-hmm. was concerned, and he came down, and he was going to rescue them, which. Is but part of that, you know. He's like, I'm going to bring you to out of this suffering into a, ma- a land flowing with milk and honey in 40 years. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like he in 40 years, you are going to, you know, and that's part of that um, you know that that I have to. But he did it. I mean, it was he was, he, you know, in his plan. He that's a part of the rescue. All that was a part of the rescue. Right. But it wasn't tomorrow. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. And I have to. Um, Remember that that the time doesn't mean that God's not rescuing me and and caring and and being concerned. You know whether in this specifically, I think about with um, with like with my children or one in in specific that it doesn't mean God's going to change mm-hmm. who that child is. Mm-hmm. Like it may be that that's just that part of our relationship through our whole lives is. Is working, you know, toward him. So, mm-hmm. whenever you're talking about that, that was the part that I was thinking about. Yeah. The 40 years is a part of it. <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> that's right. So
1: yeah. the change, we have to trust him in the in the meanwhile that that's that he's still he's in it, you know, that right. he's working it. So he's not forgetting it. That's even right. If it doesn't seem right.
0: <laughs> right. He's right, and I, and I and that's that's the thing i I, I was trying to develop there is that. Um, is God draws us into a relationship whereby we can know him through his son so that as we go through this journey this process, this exodus um, if you will, on this earth um, we have the resource and the relationship with the Father, with the Son through the Holy Spirit that enables us to to gain an understanding and a perspective on what is going on in life as we we move forward, um, and those of us who have have children, you know, as you have all know that 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 process of walking through life with them can be painful. Um, um, my my one of my favorite sayings now in terms of children is little children are a handful big children are a heartful (laughs) and you and then he and then the the gentleman who quoted it said said that said this then also said and you never stop being a parent and you never stop being a parent but the comfort I think comes in that we we do have a God who cares and who knows who knows those trials who knows those tribulations Um, And uh, walks with us through them, and that there is an endpoint, you know, there is an endpoint out there.
1: kinda of laugh about when I think about when I read it, he remembered his covenant. When I remember something it's because I forgot. And I and I know he didn't forget. Mm-hmm. I know this was the plan mm-hmm. all along. And mm-hmm. it um, uh, just takes the whole fact that the, the change is coming but you you don't need to fight it. Yeah. Because this is this is the plan he has for you.
0: Mhm. Yeah. And God is faithful, thank goodness, to his promises and yeah. to his covenant that we will be his children, he will be our God. And at the end of our pilgrimage, we will be with him um, as his children. But I, I think the, 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 the challenge I want to, to kind of set before us is that by, because of Christ coming into the world, we have been drawn into a relationship with the almighty God of heaven. As we say in the creed, I believe in God the Father Almighty, the Maker of heaven and earth, and that's that's the change that has been affected for us through Christ's work on this earth, and um, and, and so I, you know, in these chapters, I, I really there's three things I think are the, the the fact that there is a relationship that is affected because Christ came there is also purpose that is affected because Christ came for his people and um and then there's just the whole role of the holy spirit because Christ spends much time here talking about the role of the holy spirit in our lives and so i hope to get some into that i believe me that's a a much bigger topic than 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 i i care to to cover but we but we need to we need to we need to realize and understand that that Christ has provided us with the Spirit to indwell us so that our our relationship with God the Father God the Son and God the spirit is 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 enhanced um, and continues to grow and 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 to develop I find it interesting that he just doesn't say the Spirit's going to come and y'all just kick back and relax and just <laughs> let it roll but he's very specific about you know remain in me abide in my word um, um, you know ask me call, cry out to me I mean those those things don't go away because the Spirit came but it is the Spirit that that enables and enhances a, enhances our ability to do those things. So, w- those are some of the things um, that we'll look at. Um, you know, um, I want to share a couple of quotes because we all know life is life is hard you know there are there even as believers there are troubles there are trials Um, and um, share a little anecdote with you Um, I had a son my youngest son a couple summers ago you didn't share this last week did you talk about him being on the book field Um, who went to work one summer for Southwestern Books and um, uh, where they send these college kids all over the country and they go out door to door and they sell books and uh, he had big dollar signs in his eyes and uh, I think God had another plan <laughs> in mind for him that particular summer um, and the, the plan toward the end of the summer was that I would fly out where he was he was out in Kansas Missouri area and I was gonna fly out and, uh, and then drive home with him uh, but toward the end of his tenure, his, his car broke down. You could still drive it, but barely. And so we changed plans. I rented a car and drove out, and we were just gonna leave his car there. Maybe we just left. I mean, we we donated it is what we did. Um, but anyway, um, as we um, as we, so I got there in time to help him finish up and I was driving him all over the place probably 300 to 400 miles a day in between to make these deliveries for books that he had sold and uh, you know you you had to find the people at home they you know they were given notices that the books were coming that they had to have cash preferably I mean you know just and we were out one day just beating our heads I mean he was I was just driving the car One, to find people at home, you know, so you could give them the books. And, I mean, it was, it it became a painful process. Um, We were finding nobody home and weren't able to deliver any of these books and collect any of the money. And uh, so we took a break. And uh, we got back in the car and uh, after the break. And I remember... uh, Having read recently at that time from the gospel um, where Jesus had sent the disciples into a boat and said, go over to the other side, and then he went up on top of the hill to pray. And it says that he saw them on the lake, and it says they were straining at the oars. And I love that little phrase. There they are. Jesus said, get out in that boat, go to the other side. I mean, they're just obeying what their master said. But they were straining at the oars, and it was difficult. And then Jesus, obviously, he comes, and as he comes by, they cry out, and he gets to the boat. You know the story, and they get to the other side. And uh, this straining at the oars to me is, is just the difficulty of life. You know, the trials that we face and the tribulations that come. And uh, so Kyle and I are sitting in the car, and I said, You know, son, we're really straining at the oars here. Um,. But I think Jesus sees us. And we were just weeping and crying. <laughs> and so we so we prayed. You know, I said, We just let's just pray. So we so we prayed and I got back in the car and and, and and began to make the same loop that we had already made. And we come to the first house, Kyle gets out. I, I don't go to the door with him, but I hear this: "Oh, Kyle, it's good to see you. We just got home. We were at church. We sorry we missed you. Blah blah blah. We drop books off. We get the money. <laughs> we go to the next house. Goes to the door. Oh, Kyle, it's good to see you. We just got back from vacation. We've been on vacation and we just got home. Here's your books. Thanks for the money. Get in the car. We go to the next. I mean, and it just continued." until we got to the last one. By this time, it's dark. It's like 9 o'clock at night. The lady goes, you know, I don't have any money. Can I give you a check? And Kyle says, well, I'm really not supposed to take a check, blah, blah, blah. She says, well, wait a minute. I think I got some cash in my car. She goes out in her car and sure enough, she's got cash in her car. <laughs> and she gives him the money for the book. But this, this whole idea of, um, you know, straining at the oars, I mean, life is like that sometimes. And... um Yet, because God cares, because through Christ we have a relationship with our heavenly Father, we can cry out. And whether or not the storm changes, I don't know. Um, let me read you a little, a little devotional from from uh, Streams in the Desert. Y'all ever read this? It's a great little devotion. Um, It says, It's the storms of sorrow through bereavement are intense, but they are one of the Father's ways of driving me to Himself. His purpose is to softly and tenderly speak to my heart in the secret, hidden place of His presence. There is a certain glory of the Master that can only be seen when the wind is contrary and my ship is being tossed by the waves. There's just, there's only a work that God can do in the midst of the storm. And then he goes on and says this, Jesus Christ is not my security against the storms of life, but he is my perfect security in the storms. He has never promised me, and this is what I love, he has never promised me an easy passage only a safe arrival not good you know in my father's house are many rooms and I'm going there to prepare a place for you and if I go and prepare a place I will come back he has promised a safe landing I will come back that's the truth and that should serve as a source of comfort uh, to us in 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 life and all of the changes uh, that it can that it can bring. I'll read another one. This is a shout out for all the men hikers in the church. <laughs> our, our, our saying on the hike is God appoints the. Do you remember? God appoints the struggle. Yeah, God appoints the struggle. That's that's the that's the motto of the hike. And uh, this last hike, uh, the struggle was for all of us. Together, and it was on a Friday when we hiked 13 miles in the pouring down rain, and that was a struggle. Uphill, uphill, (laughs) freezing cold. Um, Anyway, we got a point. But uh, let me read from this little devotion again. God trains his his let me see if I can spit this out. God trains his soldiers. Not in tents of ease and luxury, but by causing them to endure lengthy marches and difficult service. He makes them wade across streams, swim through rivers, climb mountains, and walk many tiring miles with heavy backpacks. Um, That's how he trains us. That's how he refines us. That's how he... He, uh, that's how he changes us and transforms us is through the difficulties and the trials of life um, one of the things that Joe does on these hikes is um, we have moments where he fans out all these little verses and he walks around and he says this this is God's word and you know Alfred you know I mean this is God's word do you just take it take one and he says I promise this is God's word to you <clears throat> And sure enough, it is God's word to you when you pull that little piece of paper out of that pile. Um, I had just come off an incredible period of frustration and the day before was just unbelievable. And um, I I reach in, pull out my first verse, and what does it say? Count it all joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds because you know the testing of your faith develops perseverance. And perseverance must finish its work. So that you may be perfect and complete, not lacking in anything. Um, and I was just grateful that I was rebuked for my lack of counting at joy. Um, but that God had given me a faith that was worthy to be refined and purified. Um, and grateful uh, for that. Um, so... Anything else? Any other comments? Questions? Am I up on my time? i got a few minutes. Um, Let me close with this. I want to read something else by Martin Luther. I'm sorry to maybe bore you with reading these things. This is from a devotional that I'm working through this year, but uh, Frank read from this recently in his class. And again, I guess the point I'm trying to make here this week is is to lean into the gospel and the the work that Christ has accomplished in that he draws us into a relationship with the Father. And so because of the gospel and because of the fact that now we have a relationship with God, in the midst of the, the difficulties and the trials of life, um, you know, we, can, we can cry out and we can, and, um, and we can draw near and we can gain a perspective uh, about the difficulties of life and what God is trying to accomplish and, and, and do in them. Um, and I, I think that those, are the, those are the words of comfort and I hope that you can take comfort from that Um, Because that's what Jesus said to his disciples. Do not let your heart be troubled. Believe in God. Believe in me. Um, And and I I don't know what the trials and the troubles of of your life may be. Uh, They're all different for all of us. Um, But I trust in the midst of them um, that God is, is being faithful and that he does care. Um, Let me read this devotion. This new birth shows itself most clearly when trials and death draw near. Then it becomes clear whether or not a person has experienced the new birth. At that time, human reason, the old light, twists and wrestles, refusing to let go of its own thinking. It doesn't want to give up and turn to the gospel. Reason simply won't reason simply won't let go of its own light. But those who are born anew, or who are being born anew, surrender and follow God. They give up their old light, life, possessions, honor, and whatever else they have. They trust what John records in his gospel and cling to it. As true children of God, they well receive their eternal inheritance. If your old, arrogant light of reason grows dark, becomes dead, and is replaced by a new light, then, in, then your entire life will be transformed. For when your reason is changed, you, your will follows soon after. And then when your will is changed, what you love and desire changes as well. In order to become new, You must crawl into the gospel with your whole self. You must shed off the old skin as a snake does. When its skin becomes old, a snake looks for a narrow hole in the rock. He crawls through it and sheds its skin, leaving it outside in front of the hole. Similarly, you also must go into the gospel and God's word. You must confidently believe its promise that God does not lie so, so sh- you shed off your old skin, leaving it behind, your old light, arrogance, will, love, desires, and what you say and do. You become a new and different person who, view- who views everything differently than before. Okay? Comments, questions? Mm-hmm. Let me pray. Father, we um, want to give you glory and thanks for the great things that you have done. That you so loved the world that you sent your Son. And Jesus, thank you for being willing to give up your life as an atonement for our sin and to open the gates of heaven that we might come in. Be with us, walk with us, encourage us with the truth of your word. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.